Hello. Oh, you've had a haircut. I ha- I have had a haircut. It's true. That's a that's that's quite a haircut. It's um I've it's been interesting hearing people um respond. Well, I didn't want to say it's about bloody time because you no longer look like you're trying to recapture your lost new romantics youth, but I like it. I think it's lovely. <laughs> you look like Sigourney Weaver in Alien 3. I look uh, I thought you were going to say I look more like you now. <laughs> Nobody could ever look like me. Too beautiful. Yes, I um I almost made it. I mean, you know, the hairdressers open up on Monday. Actually, it was quite funny because um I'd uh, said to my nephew, oh just so tired of it. You know, I went and met my niece last weekend for a walk because we can do that now. And yeah. at, at the end of the walk, she pulled out the hair clippers that Finn had given to her to give to me. Rather subtle. Excellent. It looks really nice. It looks, I really like it. You probably don't know me. You probably don't know me uh, wearing hair like this so much. No, not so much. You're usually floppy. <laughs> floppy hair. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Would you like to hear a potentially apocryphal story about Portuguese cuisine? I would love to. You were just talking about having a surplus of egg yolks as a result of making pasta. That's pasta, just in case there's any any Italian listeners out there. I'm just going to let that sit, because I feel that you were trying to northern vowel shame me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the podcast. The podcast of vowel shaming. (laughs) But apocryphally, yes, I don't know how true this is, but apocryphally, I guess that's the nature of apocryphal stories, right? <laughs> I'm not sure yes. how true this apocryphal story is. <laughs> so, according to legend, <laughs> I just tried to find <laughs> lots of different ways to, to, to clarify that I don't trust this the provenance the of source, the story, but I yes. do like it. So, Portugal's a Catholic country, as you know, or maybe you don't know, but it's a Catholic country, I much like did know Italy. Okay. So there were lots of uh, monasteries and convents, and there still are. There's a convent just down the road from us. In time immemorial, I don't know when, the legend has it that wimples, that's the right word, isn't it? Wimples. The bits of a nun's uniform, the white bit that goes on their head. The well, habit I was is what they born wore. and raised a Catholic, and I yes, don't think were. I've ever... No, well, I wasn't born one. I mean, I was baptised pretty soon after I was born. In fact, I was baptised Monsignor Moore rushed over because I had to have three blood transfusions. I was born jaundice. Oh, so were you were I was you, uh, baptized a touch-and-go baby? Oh, because they weren't sure that, you're, I was that gonna you were going to make through. it. Which, Holy cow, I didn't know that. Which would have made this episode, this podcast, would have been um, only half as good without me. <laughs> Or twice as good. Discuss. <laughs> oh. Singularly better. <laughs> I am so glad that you didn't die in infancy. <laughs> But, yes, so I was not born, but soon after born, um, became baptised a Catholic, and I have never heard that word. Wimple. I think that that's the word. Oh, it's Mm. looking like it. 
Are you are you are you duck duck going or a I am, I am. It's a medieval form of female headdress formed of a large piece of cloth worn around the neck and chin and covering the top of the head. It's used to develop in early medieval Europe. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yep. Okay, so good. So show notes. check wimple. the show notes. Yeah. The um the white bit of their uniform. Ooh, costume. Ooh, dress. Ooh, I don't know what do we call it? Is it uniform doesn't sound right, but costume <laughs> sounds wrong. Costume's not right, is it? Clothing. Uh, robes. Right, yeah. Clothing's well, good. Outfit. They're out. <laughs> <laughs> they're on song. So, the white bit that goes on their head. Uh, they used to be. They used to be starched, and they were starched using egg whites because they dry hard, as you know. In fact, I seem to remember my mum saying that egg whites were used in certain hairstyles when she was a young girl. Oh, that sounds right, doesn't it? Yeah, to get things to stay in place. And my dad said that he just used Vaseline for his hair. <laughs> Which is a joy. Oh, speaking of my dad, uh, I was talking to him just this morning. His nephew, who is a year younger than him, has just gone in for a triple bypass. So he was telling me that and then segued with no beat to, and then another chicken was delivered to my house. <laughs> ah, was it... Beefy? It was. Oh, it was bigger than that. Once he dressed it, which obviously is, as we've had the conversation before, is undressing it. It was seven pounds. Uh, what's that in metric? About three kilos. Oh, it is two. Mm. That is a that is a <laughs> big a big old bird. It's a big 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 chicken. So this chicken was delivered as always. In a bag. Alive. Oh, of course. I asked my mum if she had any intention of just, like, keeping them in the back garden as pets. And she she thought about it for a little while. And then she decided that the shit would be just too much to deal with. Anyway. So, egg whites. Egg whites. By the way, uh, just uh, Naturally Curly, uh, the website Mm naturallycurly.com. Why people are using egg whites as a natural curl definer. Uh-huh. If you if you do a little uh, DuckDuckGo search for uh, egg whites, indeed yolks and hair, it seems like it's a cure-all for everything. Everybody's on it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sorry, so back to back to drying hard. Uh, <laughs> egg whites. <laughs> egg whites. Um, nuns wimples. Which meant that convents <laughs> had a... Convents had a surplus of egg yolks. And as a result of having a surplus of egg yolks, yeah. they started to develop a range of pastries that utilise the uh, the egg yolk in yeah. in abundance. Which yeah. is why there is the pastel de nata in mm. uh, in in Portugal because this particular oh, it was a monastery actually the Jeronimus monastery. Yeah, exactly. It was used to make custards, um, and when they closed down the conventy bit or when the nuns moved out, they sold the recipe to a pastry maker who was just next door, and they're still made there to this Amazing. very day. I I was actually thinking uh, that I would like to open a gelateria, you know, an ice cream shop. And uh-huh. because I'm going to be producing an enormous, well, in fact, really it would be an ice cream shop, an enormous number of egg whites, that you mm. should open the shop next door and... Uh, Sell meringues. And cakes, or- make cakes. Oh, I thought you were going to say that I could just organise nuns' wimples for them. Or you could be a nun wimple shop. I could be a nun wimple shop. So when you say a gelateria... <laughs> that was great. Thanks. I got Gelat. halfway through it. Yeah, I know. And got nervous. Went, I'm not sure. And then I finished it off with a Portuguese flourish. 
Jealous of here. Oh, you did too, didn't you? That's ah, very... I've been practicing my Portuguese. We started this talking about about egg whites and you were going to make chocolate cookies t- today. We did a bit... Biscuits. Uh, but I'm a little bit tired. I'm knackered and I want to tell you why I'm knackered. I want to hear why. Because um, last night I learned that my uh, our next door neighbours, mm-hmm. the people of... Uh, those ones across the, the hallway? No, probably. who live be- beneath us. Aha, aha. Cannot sing... A single note in tune. <laughs> oh no! To um, multiple efforts at Brian Adams's "The Summer of '69." And do you know how many versions of "Every Breath You Take" by fucking Sting there are? It's incredible how many versions there are of that song because I heard every single one of them last night. Wow! And but the the height of it, I think, was that song <laughs> by um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Do you know the song? In the shallows, the shallow hoes. In the shallow la 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 In the shallow la 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 lows. I believe they're caught in the shallows now. I was actually watching a film with headphones on because this was getting late, way past. You know, like uh, way, way past, past my, bedtime. Way past my bedtime. So like half eight, nine o'clock. Well, yes, this was no. And so at one point, Lil came in, just was smiling, and um, we tried to record. Shall I try and play it for you? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> that would be a total joy. It might not be very loud, but we'll just give okay. it a go. Oh, I don't think I can play it whilst you and I are on this. Do you, um... do you know what? Mm-hmm. What we will do is send me the file. Um, and we will drop it in at this point, <laughs> and and then and then we can enjoy it together. I have a lot of respect for Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah, I really tell do. me something, girl. Oh, nice! And Bradley Cooper, <laughs> Bradley Cooper's hot. He's very handsome. He's not. He's not totally my cup of tea. No, but I think he's a very handsome man. If I was going to uh, be with a gentleman, it wouldn't be Bradley Cooper. Well, who would it be though? Oh. Um, and also, just so Lady Gaga doesn't feel left out of this particular podcast, I, mm-hmm. she is amazing. I really, I, I, I have a lot of time for Lady Gaga. But also, very gifted, very beautiful, s- similarly not my cup of tea. No, I'm I think, sure both I think of them Bradley is more my cup of tea than Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh, I think I probably find Lady Gaga a scooch more attractive. Yeah, she's more, slightly more unusually Brad- attractive than Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper's a little bit hunky American, isn't he? I think... Bradley Cooper's features are a little too fine for me. They're a little too well oh, drawn. You so like a, fatter features, a, not not necessarily fatter, just a little less well drawn. Like Brad Pitt does nothing for me. No, too, no, too, too well drawn. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like somebody's taken a pencil Sculpt, and just he's sculpted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So I would always err towards a you know a, a an early 90s Keanu Reeves oh nice that kind of a look that's much more a little my... bit a little bit more a little bit rougher a little bit rougher a around the edges bit, yeah a little bit like oh that, those maybe those features shouldn't go together but they do although I don't think you can say that about Keanu Reeves because he is ferociously pretty he is he's got a lot of motorcycles too 
Yes, he fell off one, didn't he? He got quite a bad injury. I once. think he did, yeah. But so, I, but I have a lot of respect for Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, not oh. least because they can sing that damn song. <laughs> did you discover how hard it was by listening to? I heard it three times last night, oh. three motherfucking times. And but it was it was kind of also funny because clearly they're having a party which you're not supposed to be having. And what uh, what were they what were they course. doing? What were they doing? The oh, very they were aspirating. <laughs> they were aspirating Everywhere. as much as they could. <laughs> oh wow. Anyway, two AM I actually finally fell asleep, but uh, little little hadn't. Were you not tempted to inform the uh the thought police? This is uh, what I was going to ask you. Hmm. Because it did occur to me at one point to mm-hmm. go downstairs and knock on the door. Yes. And go pretty much say the same thing. I love yeah. Bradley. I love Lady Gaga. But could you just leave them to it? Please, yeah. please, yeah. please. Um, I don't know. And I just think, you know, it doesn't happen very often. They're having a lot of fun. They're mm-hmm. clearly having a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure that Madonna's Like a Prayer needed, needed that. And nor did Bon Jovi, you know, um, halfway there, living on a prayer. It was like being stuck in my child, my teenage years. Yeah, I, I believe we call these deep cuts. They are. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. But would you have done something? Oh, you see, that's a very interesting question. Does it relate to today's topic? Not in the slightest. I would have. <laughs> it depends which me you're asking. Mm. Because I've wait, discovered... wait, wait. Have I been podcasting with several of you? You know, as Deleuze and Guattari say, oh. since each of us are several, where we get together, it's quite a crowd. Um, yeah, of Were course. Were their words precisely? No, I'm paraphrasing, but it's I not love far from the quote. I think that it depends where I am, both in terms of my life, but also where I am in terms of the world. So I used to live next door to a, a house full of students. Oh, I think you've mentioned this. Yeah, and I, I, I delivered a pair of headphones to the guy who had a room directly next to me <laughs> because that was just too much. Um, yeah. And it was he was listening to really bad Europop, so it didn't have enough of a bass for it to really kind of kick in and you could feel it in your body. So it was just kind of like annoying and irritating. That That kind of like tinny kind of... Yeah. Bad bad dance tracks. EDM, I think it's called, isn't it? Electronic dance music. And there's yeah. some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. I think I... It's, it's the, it is, is it a little bit... It's, it's. It is, but there are some really great... It's, it's. I've been listening almost exclusively through lockdown to a Portuguese <laughs> I thought you were going to through the walls. <laughs> That's the best way to listen to all music. No, to, through the lockdown. So for the last year, I've been listening to um, this Portuguese DJ called Branco. Um, Branco, repeat Branco, Branco in the show notes, and his work is just gorgeous, and that has a bit of a feeling to it, but it's really good. And he he collaborates with just such a, a huge range of um, of artists. So there's there's a big Afrobeat scene in Lisbon. He's he's based in Lisbon, and so he he there's quite some really nice. Um, African influences in his work. He works with um, Fado singers. He did a, a version of his song 2020 or Vint Vint for last year um, with Anamura. And Anamura is. Is she just the one that a... you sent me a link to? 
I think, no, I think I sent you a link to Maritza. Oh, you um, did. Yeah, and she's good. She is really good. But Anna Mura is a, is a different quality to her voice. And what, and what kind of singers are they called again? Remind me. They're called, they're, they are Fadishtas, is the type of singer Fadishtas. they are. Fadishta. And they sing Fado. F A D O means fate. Okay. It's a Portuguese form of, I guess, torch singing in a way. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah very, like, you yeah. know, very. Yeah. It, it, Emotive. Exactly. I guess there's something there about a bit, um, that one, you know, Edith Piaf. There's sort of, there's a quality of that, but something. (laughs) That was stunningly, it reminded me of that, um, because if you hadn't said Edith Edith Piaf, I wouldn't have recognised it. But as soon as you said it, I thought, wow, that was a stunning, you know, it's like that, um, have you heard about that thing where people... um, If you, like if I tapped out happy birthday to you, if I did it like Uh this. um, Yeah. Right? Yeah. You you recognize it as happy birthday to you. But we have this this idea that if I hadn't said happy birthday, you (laughs) just hear it as a bunch of taps, right? But we have this idea (laughs) in our heads, there's very, very famous experiments that what we're tapping out is really, really clear that everyone totally gets it, but it's just not the case at all. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm going to tap a song for you. You ready? Okay. That's. I mean, that that's so clear to me. No, not a, not a clue. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> are you going to sing in the shallows? Because if you are, it's going to. I, I just thought it's not living it on was, a prayer. It was too. It was too beautiful to tell me something. Ah, yeah, the hippies, You know the words. Oh, the hippies, Thank you. I'm falling. It's a beautiful song. Oh, I hate it. Do you? I love it. Oh, it it drives me potty. I love it. Because it's... What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, Branco, EDM, Through the Walls. Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf. I think... um, so I absolutely went next door and, and knocked on the door and said, cool it. But when we're in Lisbon, we're in a block of one, two, three, four, five, six, eight flats. Um, and actually, they've just moved out. But on the first floor, there's a group of, um, we, <laughs> we call them a group of kids. They're clearly well into their 20s. They're not a group of kids. Um, and they're super awesome. Um, but they kind of, they wake up quite late and they stay up until quite early. Yeah. And they're quite, they can be quite noisy. Yeah. Um, and similarly, the woman who lives directly below us can also, at the weekend, really, you know. Rack it up. Yeah. I find it impossible to be frustrated or irritated by it. Uh, your whole state of mind is just dif- totally different in yeah, Portugal, right? Absolutely, totally different. I remember. Also, you wouldn't know how to. You wouldn't know what the cultural. Um... Oh, the, I know that the cultural, the cultural uh, norms that you can totally bang on a door and go shut your fucking noise. My favorite is the two o'clock in the morning people beeping the horns outside of the window, and then all of a sudden you'll hear like six or seven people screaming, "Shut your fucking noise! Yeah. It's bedtime!" Yeah. Like really, like really full throated, and yeah. it's just 
gorgeous. I don't know. I just I I really like the um the clar- <laughs> the clarity of the correction. So what stopped you knocking? Well, you know what? I was watching a Daniel Day-Lewis film. Tricky. Not a big fan of Daniel Day-Lewis. I liked his yeah. earlier, less snotty performances, but this was okay. uh, this was in the name of the father. Great film. Pete Postlethwaite's um, in it. Yes. He's yes. dead. Oh, he is dead. But actually, it's funny you say that because I went the curious route, meaning I just think there's something here that's really, I don't want to stop or don't want to try and stop. And it wasn't out of generosity. It was just because mm-hmm. I thought, this is, they're having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And also, there's something really pleasurable about and painful uh, mm-hmm. about listening to this singing. I mean, it was really, uh, it was atrocious. There was mm-hmm. not, a, and I'm not a great singer, as you know, that incredible sensation of people missing notes by some distance, like mm. a long way. It was, it was only because the original song was playing in the background that I could recognize it. <sighs> It was extraordinarily bad. I swallowed a bit of your uh, curiosity gold and went, I'm just going to stay curious here. That's quite beautiful because I think in those moments... But every breath you take... Yeah, I mean, that's a hard song to listen to at the best of times. A little bit stalky. Through the floorboards, badly sung. Many, many versions of it. Yeah, I wouldn't love that. I do like that you found the the capacity for curiosity in that moment because I think so often we, or I know I, here in the UK where I think I am just by nature less generous. Oh. And I think I've talked, I've talked to oh, Bob about that's this. That's so interesting. Why am I less generous when I'm here in the UK than when I'm in Portugal? And I think it's, it's something to do with my sense of the country that I am from having changed in a way that I sometimes don't recognise. Oh. And there has... there can be not always but there can be a meanness that is connected to this sort of sense of my rights versus our collective responsibilities again things that we've talked about in the past Mm. and I just I, I can sometimes really feel the sense of community leeching away you know I'm I'm culpable here because I don't contribute to to things i don't go to the local church i don't you know i I don't throw myself into the community in that way Mm. so i think that there is something about the laziness about being in a place that you are kind of cooked in (laughs) versus the work that you have to do where you're in a place that you don't fully understand the social mores and so i find yeah. yeah i find myself being less generous here than i am in Portugal. And also the, the language, you know, getting the tone of the language yeah, just right. Exactly. And, you know, just any time when you're uh, speaking yeah. outside of, you know, can yeah. I have another beer, thanks. There's always, there's always <laughs> a risk. You're just going to get it really wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so mm. you being able to find that, that kind of that curiosity and that sense of recognizing that this isn't something that was being done to you. It's just being done near you. And I think we can forget that quite a lot of the time, that this isn't being done to me. This is being done near me. And yeah, you can then go, well, there's a selfishness there that they're not being really aware of other people around them and and all of those kinds of things, which I get. But also the the idea of selfishness actually kind of goes both ways, doesn't it? I so love that. I so love that. The Buddhist idea of the second arrow Yes. Uh, and this is a you know a really simple example where 
you know, the, the, the first era was a little bit like, you know, it's people singing badly and drunkenly yeah. And, yeah. and noisily at, at an inappropriate time. But it's that second one that how is it that I respond to this? Is, yeah, um, yeah I, it, it, I'm not trying to make myself out because it was funny and also painful. It was all those things, right? It wasn't. But I think, I think you can certainly go, <laughs> I was able to step into a space that didn't require me to be as ferociously douchey as I might have been. Yeah, because yeah, because girls you just want to have fun, <laughs> <laughs> time after time. Oh my god, I love time after time. That is such a good song. Come on, sing us a line. No, because it just it's I. I f- if you you're lost, how- if you fall, I'll catch you. Is that is that you, line? Yeah. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting time after time. Ah. Uh... You know, I'm really like <laughs> almost kind of lacrimose in my way of being in the world, and songs are the things that can trigger me sobbing like a lacrimose. Lacrimose, given to tears. Ah. Is that a word in English? Oh, I think so, because, yeah. Yeah, I, th- ah. I, th- I mean, obviously, it must have, I guess it's got Latin. Well, roots. lacrime is uh, tears. Then, yes, in answer to your question, lacrimose is a word in English, and it is, you know. It is and understood. songs are the things that do it. Absolutely. Bob and I made a piece um, <laughs> ages ago, which, which was just, uh, there was a section in it where, each time <laughs> there would be a, an envelope, a blank envelope that I would open up and inside there would be the name of a song that I would have to sing. Um, and uh, I would always get about three or four lines into it and then just start to blubber because it would always be the same song. song. No, 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 no. It would just, Bob would always choose songs that she knew would make me cry <laughs> because... <laughs> There's a strange thing. version of Pavlov's dogs here. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, I, I, um, oh, I, I sob like a baby quite a lot listening to songs oh. and singing songs. I didn't, I, it's, um, I love that. I love that. I didn't know that about you, though. Didn't you? <clears throat> I didn't know that about I you. I thought everybody had seen me at least once me just start to sing a song without really knowing that I was suddenly then going to go. <laughs> and what, what's the song that comes to mind? Oh, uh, there are two, there are. There are too many. So, like, time after time, that will... It is what, definitely. That's yeah. definitely... Yeah, no, no. Like, I, if I was to... If but I just the Cindy to... Lauper version, or...? Yeah, just the Cindy yeah. Lauper version. And, you know, I don't know why. I don't know what what it is. It's, it doesn't... These are so, not songs that have any resonance with things that happened in life. This is just the pure musicality of the song. It's the song itself. Ah. Oh. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. I I was reminded of I was reminded of that um there's a an artwork by an artist an un, an artwork the name of which I can't remember by an artist the name of whom I can't remember anyway it's a series of screens like it's a, just a collection of screens you go into a room and it's people singing into a microphone to a Madonna song which I think is like a prayer which uh-huh. was one of the ones I heard last night but maybe that's just on my mind <laughs> and they're basically they're not there's no music playing but you just see them singing it, yeah. and and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And then they dance during the you know the whatever the you know the bit when there's no singing, yeah. and it, it's the just this. Light. Thank you, and it's just this kind of sort of cacophony and beautiful and moving. And some people have dressed up, and other people haven't. And it's such a I'll I will dig it out and oh, find yes, a please. find a version of it online to. Put in the show notes. I mean, I don't want to make this about this last night at all because it's become that they were playing some kind of playlist, which was a little yeah. bit like 
get under your neighbour's skin in the middle of the night? For the second week running, there was supposed to be a topic. And, <laughs> <laughs> and something that you... That something that made its way into your house mm. has has derailed us. So last week we were derailed by a young man masturbating with the window. No, the curtains open. And the potential ramifications of what that might mean. For the second week, we've had an um an unwelcome visitor and something that you were drawn to but this being a much less problematic being drawn to yeah it just didn't leave me the same kind of uncertainty about my yeah. behavior you're still caught in the idea of voyeurism in yeah. both instances yeah, i mean in, in i mean i recorded instances. them i recorded them yeah. last night yeah and you can't you know you can get away from one but were unable to, and you can't get away from the other because it's so... Sonic. Yeah, all-encompassing. Yeah, and so we really should be renaming the podcast Simon's Neighbours. Hey, Simon's Neighbours have have many a story to tell, it feels. But I'm a little bit... uh, I'm sorry that I've... uh, I mean, I'm not sorry, but, you know, it's it's funny, isn't it, to come to uh, an episode with an idea of what to talk about and then to not get there. There is something quite nice, though, about the about the the being suspended in the before. Oh, it is. Oh, oh, I love that. Because we we know that we're you know we I say we know we've got this sense that we're moving towards a point where we go. Okay, so I was thinking that blah blah blah. But we never quite. No, because the... we just get too caught on the conversation, which I've I've really enjoyed, Simon. <laughs> Read out a text message. So this is a text message. This is a text message from a long-time listener, Corbettron, David Corbett. It turns out that David Corbett um, might start to be acting as some kind of, hmm, what's the word I would use? Uh, a checking system, sorry, a checking system for our podcast. Like a fact checker? No, or- no. Um, more like a... Temperature taker? Yeah, something like that. Is he like a sugar thermometer? Yeah, perfect. Let's call him our sugar... I thought you were going to say sugar daddy. Different. (laughs) He's our... um, Corbatron is our our sugar thermometer. Anyway, one text. Sent it just after midnight on Monday. This is the text. I'm just going to read the whole text. Episode Mm. 20, Dunning-Kruger. Episode 21, quote, a vibing of the senses, and then the most popular emoji in the world. Can you guess what it is? Is it the crying laughing man? Exactly. So episode 20 was the one where we talked about, uh, what was it, skill and um, competency. Yes. And he says, his his text, Dunning-Kruger. Do you know what the Dunning-Kruger effect is? No, I don't. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a bias. It's a cognitive bias stating that people with low ability overestimate their ability. (laughs) (laughs) and he's never even eaten your bread how dare he i think he might have been talking about how good we are we think we are podcasting (laughs) that was my assumption that was my assumption correct me if i'm wrong corbatron you smelly fart and um it's got a lovely dog Episode 21, Finding Pleasure. And he said, quote, a vibing of the senses. And I said, I said, did Lee say that or me? And he goes, you! (laughs) 
and um, I'm just going to, I don't know what he means. I don't know what he means, except to say, what a load of shit you were talking. <laughs> That's my guess. Vibing of the senses. <laughs> Basically, I think he was saying, get a grip, boy.